Don't Fix, Run by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. In the last two blasts, we discussed coming out of Babylon. We also saw why we are not to direct our thinking or our actions to the beast. Many, however, because of today's economy, are full of ideas concerning both. They want to fix things and help the world return to the norm. But guess what? We can't fix what God has condemned. It is an impossible task. I call it the Josiah Syndrome. Let me explain. Josiah was a king that tried to restore his nation. He brought back pure worship, tore down idols, restored the Feast of God, and made the people give up their pagan holidays. On and on. Josiah did all he knew to make things right with God. Let us read from 2 Kings chapter 23 to get a feel for the heart of this man. 2 Kings chapter 23 verse 3 Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book and all the people took a stand for the covenant. The rest of the chapter describes how Josiah cleaned out the house of God, removed the wicked leadership, and threw out all pagan symbols of sun god worship. He actually burned the stuff. The high places where the people worshipped other gods were destroyed completely. He broke in pieces the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. He put out all people that consulted mediums and spiritists. In fact, here is what verse 25 of 2 Kings chapter 23 says about Josiah. 2 Kings chapter 23 verse 25 Now before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise like him. Now here is what I want us to see and understand. Let us read verse 26. 2 Kings chapter 23 verse 26. Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn from the fierceness of his great wrath, with which his anger was aroused against Judah, because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. All Josiah's efforts were for nothing. On top of this, he ended up losing his life fighting a battle he was not called to be a part of. You see, even though a man had a heart for God and the courage to defend his beliefs, he still was disobedient. He did not receive the word of the Lord through his prophets, as we see in 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 10 through 14. 2 Kings chapter 21, verses 10 through 14. And the Lord spoke by his servants, the prophets, saying, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, he has acted more wickedly than all the Amorites, who were before him, and has also made Judah sin with his idols. Therefore thus says the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such calamity upon Jerusalem and Judah, that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. And I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria, and the plummet of the house of Ahab. I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, 
wiping it and turning it upside down. So I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance and deliver them into the hand of their enemies, and they shall become victims of plunder to all their enemies. Josiah always made his own decisions how to handle things and thought it possible to change a predestined plan, or as we would say today, what was a done deal. In fact, again, Josiah would refuse the voice of God, and this time it cost him his life, as we read in Second Chronicles chapter 35, verses 20 through 24. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by the Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent messengers to him, saying, What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house with which I have war. For God command me to make haste. Refrain from your meddling with God, who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself, so that he might fight with him. And he did not heed the words of Necho from the mouth of God. So he came to fight in the valley of Megiddo, and the archers shot King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am severely wounded. His servants therefore took him out of that chariot, and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem. So he died, and was buried in one of the tombs of his fathers, and all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Bottom line, God will always keep his word. As an example, he destroyed the whole of mankind, all but eight people, in the day of Noah. Look at what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 24, Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. We see repeats of this all through history. God warns to come out, those who are obedient are saved, those that refuse to obey die. Now let us come up to our circumstances today. The church, for the most part, is so at odds with our holy God. She houses the pedophile, the thief, the homosexuals, the sexually immoral, the liars, and calls those that try to walk holy legalistic. What is God going to do with her? Like always, he first warns his people to depart from the situation. Revelation chapter 18 verse 4 And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Revelation chapter 18 verse 8 Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Surely we do not want to be caught up in that. Our governments are corrupt because they have lost the fact that the world was to be governed through those God chose. He really wanted his priesthood to remain in office to rule his kingdom, but man wanted a king instead, so he allowed them Saul. Man has for the most part taken over ever since. Unfortunately, if God is not in or behind a thing, Satan, the old dragon, is there to take charge. 
but God will destroy man's systems as well as the corrupt church and the kingdom will be returned to God and his people in the end. Revelation chapter 19 verses 19 through 20 And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast, and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. I don't think I want to experience this either. There are two harvests. The first is being reaped right now. The gathered or mature seed, circumcised from the world, set aside for the master, a tithe of humanity marked by the angels for his storehouse. Let us read about the second harvest, however, in Revelation chapter 14, verses 19 through 20. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. In closing, do not try to fix. Come away. Do not be involved with what has been condemned. Leave it be. Hear the trumpets blowing, listen to the prophets, and heed the last chapter of Revelation, chapter 22, particularly verses 12 through 13. Revelation, chapter 22, verses 12 through 13. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every one according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end the first and the last.